You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is some of my best friends or Kabbalists. I'm here with Rav Nosson Otoglik from Ashkelon in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Nosson, you know, we always talk about say, a bar mitzvah boy, we say, well, what is that first mitzvah he's going to have becoming a bar mitzvah boy? Is it all the mitzvahs that are mutal on a human being, you know, at, at the moment it becomes a ben chayuva? Uh, the one that mostly uh, zeroes in, of course, is Kriyashma, because the first tefillah he's going to have, tefillah's harvest, of course, which is a mitzvah the Rabbonan, but the mitzvah's Kriyashma. So I think we could probably say that many young men and women, the very first mitzvah that confronts them, assuming that the calendar day is the evening, is mitzvah's kriyashma shel arvis, right? The very first mission and brochos. That's the first mitzvah that most people fulfill as adults. And it's a mitzvah that coincidentally uh, is being studied by thousands and thousands over the world today in the Dirshu Mishnabura learning program. Uh, which, of course, I am also a, a member and a teacher in. And because of that, I shared with you the interesting halachos that come out of Shulchan Arachayim, Simen Samach Aleph, which, if anybody really wants to see footprints of the Zoyar uh, in halacha, and uh, not just footprints and, oh, you need to get out your uh, forensic microscope to discover them, that Simen and Shulchan Aruch is completely developed by the Beis Yosef based on the Zohar. And what I'm talking about isn't just some sort of obscure thing, but actually something which I think every single school child and anyone who actually goes to Shul knows, which is that when you say Shema, you repeat along with the Chazan, Hashem, Elekechem, Ms. Right? And that is... That is like everybody knows. Okay, now we're going on to the next part of the Kriyachma. And that's whether that's by Mariv or by Shachris, Chazan repeats Hashem Lekechem Emet. And most people, I think, like the Mishnah Burra says, the Minag is, I think most Ashkenazim, I don't know by Sephardim, you say you've done with Sephardim a lot more often than I do. I think most in the Ashkenazi world, I think most people repeat that as well. They hear the Chazan saying it. But um, I think they sort of say it to themselves. I th- that is what I think most people do. Uh, they say, And they might be wrong in what they're doing, but it, it clearly is something that has entrenched itself. And what's interesting, and this is what we were discussing off pod, is the, how the Zohar really is the hammer that not only instituted that, but also knocked the old Minag knocked out. Yes, poor Kel Melech Memon has gone into the you know dustbins of history. Yeah, no, most people, you know, and most Sidurim, of course, the old Melech Memon is what is said as when you are in private. But once when you take a look, and you don't need to be a great halachic researcher to discover this. Let's even start from the tour, um, and then we'll go into the Zohar. Yes. So the tour uh, writing here in Simon Samachalif says, And there's actually a, a minag onto that minag, which was to say, Amen plus El Melech Now, the, the reason that was given 
the Rabbi Yaakov Balaturim says, is because that's just an interesting way of putting it. You know, you could you could just say you know say straight it has reish tevis, you know, and you want reish memches tevis. So no, has reish memches tevis except there's three of them missing. That's interesting. You know, it's an interesting way of stating it. Right. Well, it's because we want to get to the magic number of Ramach, which we know are the Varb Shalodam, the Gemara in the end of Mako saying that those are the mitzvahs assay that are also Ramach, a Varb Shalodam. Um, I pointed out to you just a couple of minutes ago off pod that the Alter Rebbe brought to light a Medrash Tanhuma that pretty much you know emphasizes this as well, talking about how important these 200 and 48 letters. Although the, the Medrash Tanhuma does not, uh, does not bother noting the fact that there's actually three, three letters missing. You know, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of an odd thing. You know, Kriyashma has 248 letters, except there's three of them missing. You know, the, the, that source, that, you know, 248 letters, but where are they? You know, there's, there's three missing. And the, the way the way the Zayar talks talks to the sugi, it's, it's really it's really quite interesting. We'll, we'll get to that. Right. Yeah. But again, the, the, the Medrash Tanchuma is again saying Kriyashma is two hundred forty eight. Ooh, two hundred forty eight. Two hundred forty eight. Let's say it again. Two hundred forty eight words. There are two hundred forty eight words in Kriyashma that align to the limbs and organs of a human being. And the medicine, including right, which we'll talk about a little bit later in, in, in our discussion. But there you have the medrash saying, Im shamarta eshali, kitukuna, ani eshmar which sounds like, do kriyashma right, and I will protect your body. Uh, it doesn't say each word protects one other person part of the body or your organ but that seems to be the idea i've got it's kind of yeah it's kind of implied yes it is you know at least at least the parallelism between 248 and 248 so you're also getting the idea that actually kriyashma is a kind of body of sorts mm-hmm. you know you watch you watch mine and i'll watch right. yours That's, and, and, and the medrash goes on to say it's similar to two businessmen you know the says, let's say you have two businessmen and um you have a, a person who is uh, who lives in Galil, but his business is in Yehuda, and then you have another person who lives in Yehuda, but his business is in Galil. So the one that's in Galil goes to Yehuda in order to deal with his vineyard, and the one in Yehuda travels to Galil to uh, work on his vineyard. And they say, "What are we doing this for?" Amdu Zem Zem said, "Look, what do I need to actually schlep all the way up here?" And you have to slip all the way down here. I'll tell you what we'll do. Since you've anyway got your thing, take care of my thing. And I'll watch your thing that happens to be in my area of where I live. Meaning somehow when somehow when we say Kriyashva, we're sort of in a way taking care of Hashem's of God. Okay, I'm, uh, can I say it? Uh, yeah. I mean, am I allowed right, to say this? Yeah. I mean, we're taking care of Hashem's body, right? And, and therefore, Hashem says, "Okay, you, and you take, taking care of ours. So I'm going to take care of yours because your body, an aspect of your body, is sort of with me." 
and therefore you say that. So really, and again, I don't know if the Alter Rebbe was the first person to bring it onto the table, but clearly this was an idea that, you know, if you take the Tanchuma as something uh, that at least heralds from the period of the later Amaroyim, it is something that was part of a Chazal mindset. And therefore, when the tour quoting the Minag, it's, it makes sense that somehow the Minag was aligning that way. Uh, and therefore, there was this obsession of making sure that we have the right number. Well, how do we get the right number? The number is only 245. Ah, the way we get the right number is by putting the words Eil Melech Ne'emon before. Now, we know that does that does something else too. It wasn't just, they, could, they didn't just say or they didn't just say the words Rav Yavod Sa'ir. They didn't just pick three random words, right? They picked they picked Eil Melech Nemon because it also served the double duty as an Amen to the Bracha Bocharbamo Yisrael Biahaba. That seems clearly what why Eil Melech Nemon was picked because Eil Melech Nemon. It's Roshay Tevis Amen, right, yeah. Amen, or the opposite, the acronym. Amen is an acronym of El Melech Nemon. So, the tour quotes the Maimonidean critic, no Kabbalist, but clearly not uh, a, a, a rational a philosopher, Rav Meir Halevi Apolafia, who was sort of like uh, the most important post in his time in, 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 in that part of Spain. And he says, no. He says, I understand the, the, that you want to say Amen. Okay, you want to say Amen, you finish before the Chazin, no problem in saying Amen if you say it after the Chazin's bracha. But if you're going to always say Yeah, if you're going to say Amen after your own bracha, let's say you're, you're davening B'yechidus, right? And you're going to say Amen after your own bracha, and then you're going to say Kel Melech So that is going to be bad for a number of reasons, which he will go into. He says, not only are you mistaken, you are a fool, you are a complete Amoritz, you're a boor, because for, and he gives three reasons. Number one, the bracha should lead into the kriya. There shouldn't be a hefzik between the mitzvah, in other words, he clearly sees birchas kriyashma as not just a setup of the beautiful idea, but it's sort of like a birchas mitzvah for a kriyashma. Despite the fact that you're not saying Asher can show up Zibono but it, it's meant to be dealt with in the same way that there should not be a hefsik between the Baruch and the Kriya. The second thing is you picked Eo Melech Nemon. Well, Eo is a name of God. Um, it's not Yudke Vovke, it's not Elokim, but it qualifies in Ramah's view as Shem Shemayim Lubatola. And he's, he's, he goes out there and he calls it Lotiso, which I'm not sure if it really is Minatora, but he says when you're saying it for no reason, because it's not like you need it to answer the bracha, and you don't need it for Shema. It's not really part of Shema. You're just sticking it there so you can, you know, confabulate another three words. So therefore, if you would, if you would somehow give it a rationalization that why it was necessary for the words before or after, I would admit that's not called taking God's name in vain. Even what I just said was for teaching, uh, for, for people who are listening to understand things better and in, in the method of teaching, that's not Labatala. Uh-huh. But here, it is Labatala. And then he says, the third thing is, is that since 
to it's to fulfill this idea, which granted, I don't know if he the Raman knew the Tanfuma, but it's this idea to some I need my 248 words. Well, that's a beautiful idea, but it has no halachic standing. That's like adding to Kriyashma. And we already have a hard enough time, the Ramah implies, understanding why Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Ohed. As the Gemara tells us, it becomes part of Kriyashma. But at least there you could have uh, the fact that its pedigree goes back to Yaakov Avinu, as Chazal tell us that Yaakov gathers all his children and he wants to t- reveal to them uh, the end of days. And then he's not able to. Somehow he thinks it's because some of his children are guilty of sins that somehow make them into Esav or, or some terrible thing. They're not entirely with me in Yichud Hashem, is the approximate Lashem. Because he says, is there somehow something in your hearts? And therefore they, according to the Medrash, not Moshe Rabbeinu in, 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 in Devarim, Parshas Vyaschanan, but actually Klal Yisrael, or at least the Shivte Yisrael, or these at least uh, these 12 boys, they were the first ones to say to Yaakov, to utter that, that phrase, Shema Yisrael, speaking to Yaakov as Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echod, to which Yaakov answers, Baruch Shem Kabbal Machus Baled, his relief in discovering with that pronouncement how strong their belief was of all his children. So the Gemara says, of course, that, well, shouldn't we, we can't really say it uh, loud because Moshe didn't have it in Kriyashma, uh, in, in, in the Torah, but we know our Kabbalah is correct. Let's just say it quietly. Okay, the Ramah has to accept that. That's in the Gemara. But Eo Melech Nehman doesn't have that. He doesn't have to accept. Right. I mean, there's no, you know, not, as he, as he says, not, you know, not Moshe Rabbeinu said it, not Yaakov Rabbeinu said it. Right. So, and, what is and it? And even Yaakov's uh-huh. statement, as, 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 as glorious as it is, back to the Bechir HaAvos, only gets said quietly. And now he says, Where do we get the gall to? And you can see the Ramah is again, like usual, fighting Minhogim that, uh, that have been part of Jewish life. But he says, You know, he's, he, he says, I'm very much against it. And he says, This Minhoga, I know it's a Minah, but it's wrong. And then he says words which I think Nelson, uh, are worth repeating in almost every convocation of Jews together when they're trying to solve a problem. Man Something is wrong. If you are able to make your case cogently and calmly, that it will not engender argument. Disagreement. And basically you have a chabura. You actually are able, to, and you're able to get a group, we're all on the same page. And if you can do that, if you have those skills, if you have that type of partnership with the people that you are with, that's the way to get rid of El Melech Nemot. But if you can't do that, either because you don't have the temperament or the people you're dealing with don't have uh, the, the reasoning capabilities or the attitude, so what you should do? 
just basically, you know what? Just don't take it out. Get get rid of it yourself, or get rid of it for you. Or go to Shul El Melech Naman, and you're the one who doesn't say it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I I really don't like it. I know it's there. That is the Rama. And as we both together have learned this base Yosef, this is really a study I think that you'll agree should be like elevated on a pedestal as the Zohar speaks through halacha. Because here is Rabbi Yosef Cairo. If you'll if you'll allow me, let me let me just let me just go back for a few things. You know, the there's two versions of the of the old minhag, let's say of of uh, Kel Melech Nemon. One of them is to simply say Kiel Melech Nemon, which would be a, presumably relevant for a Yochid davening b'tzibur. It would be, you know, it would be it would be acceptable for a Yochid davening by himself to be able to say Kiel Melech Nemon. But there's an additional, you know, there's a variation of the meaning that says that you actually have to say Amen Kiel Melech Nemon. Okay, and this, you know, and this, and and this is one of the things that the that the Rama kind of takes apart because, as this, you know, what what sort of situation are you in? Now, if you're in, if you're in a situation where you're hearing Amen from when you're hearing the bracha from the Shliach Tzibur and you're answering Amen, so that's completely acceptable. The Amen is acceptable. The Kel Melech Nemon is still a problem, but at least the Amen is okay because you're you know an, answering after the Shas. But um, if you are saying Amen after your own bracha. Which could happen, you know, maybe the shots is, uh, you know, hasn't said it yet. And you're saying it after your own bracha, or maybe you're davening by yourself, which would be the typical situation in which you'd have to add that amen on your own. So then you have, so then the amen itself is no less problematic than, than the, than the kel melech nemon, because the amen is an additional hafsaka between the, between the bracha and the, and, and the kriyashma. Okay. So it would not, you know, it wouldn't be even something equivalent of, of, uh, because you know there's nobody there's nobody asking you to do this. But I was just I was just thinking like you know what difference does it make if you say amen or or before the kel melech nemon or not? And I I I think that the idea here is is that if you don't have an amen to base it on, then you don't really have the reason to say kel melech nemon. Because kel melech nemon is like an extension of the of the amen. It's like amen plus. So if you don't have the Amen, then you can't say Kel Melech Nemon. The only justification for Kel Melech Nemon, especially being Maskir Shem Shemayim, is because is because you are you are being marked, you know, you're expanding the the concept of the Amen. So therefore you have to have, according to according to the second opinion, the Amen in place. You're right. I, I did not interpolate the other part of it, which is the Amen plus the Melech Nemon. But I, but I think what you do see is is that it lays the grant the Ramaz Psak does lay the groundwork for an elimination of Eomel Thelman, as we said, being... Yeah, being just not the right way to do it. Shunted to the side. And as, and as we get to the base Yosef here, and again, this is really, you know, you, know, we, you, you have pointed out to me off pod that this doesn't stop with the base Yosef, it stops with the Shulchan Aruch. There's actually the Arizal as well, or Chaim Vital, uh, quoting his Rebbe or... Uh, developing ideas from this review also uh, has quite a bit to, to uh, expand about this, but let's just talk about the Beis Yosef and the Zohar today. I think there's enough here in, in the Beis Yosef to really... So one of the things the Beis Yosef does is, and, and as usual, you know, he is such a interesting combination of a relentless, dogged researcher and an opinionated posek and a mystic as well. Because the first thing he does is, first of all, that 
he shows that it isn't just some, you know, falderall or you know people who who were really didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, he quotes uh, a whole series of Ashkenazi greats, uh, well, Provence, the Manig, uh, the Ogur, uh, quoting the Rokeach. I mean, the the Rokeach, that's that's ancient Kabbalah Ashkenazis, you know. Rokeach. That's right, Kabbalah Ashkenazis. And he quotes, of course, one of the last of the great Ashkenazi Rishonim who ended up escaping from Germany and ending up in Italy, the Marie Cologne, Cologne, of course, city in Germany. He says, of course, that was the Minog. He even uh, goes so far as to say that in the uh, the Sefer uh, that is sort of uber-edited by Rashi and his students, also, and he also quotes again, uh, like you say, Hasidi Ashkenaz, Rabbi Yudah so it's all over the place. By the way, I can't, I can't help uh, pointing out, you know, how the Bach over here also waxes nostalgic for the time that he is a young guy, you know, and all the Sidurim that they had over there in the Bach's uh, part of the world, you know, they were all saying Kel Melech Nemon and right. Bach obviously feeling very sad about the, about the demise of, of this Minag. Yes, it was, it was the old ancient Ashkenaz. And as you, as you pointed out, it clearly, if, if you, if once I've got these two names, the Rokeach, and Rabbi Chassid, we know that it's 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 really tethered in a Kabbalistic approach of Chassidei Ashkenaz, and and then he quotes three pieces of Zohar. One is the Tikkune Zohar, and that's what he starts with. And he it's a very short a quote that we have from the Beis Yosef, and he basically says, "Let's I'll just read it here." He says that Ve'iu Kliva Midalit Parshim, the Kriyatshma. In other words. Kriyachma is actually four parshiot, which is interesting. You know, we usually we say it's three parshiot, but I guess Shema is like its own parsha, the Ahafta and Vahoyu, and then uh, Parsha Sitzis. And as the Tikkun Ezra says, that these are Reish Memches im El Melech Nema. But then the Tikkun Ezra says that that's, that was the old Minah, who begin the low Avdin Hafsoka, seemingly the Ramah. Because the Ramah's point, we don't want to make a hefsik between the bracha, right? That was the way we did it, but then there was like this counter idea, don't make a hefsik. Takinu. We don't know who that was, but somehow they made a takana la'achsara shuicha de tzibura Hashem elokechem emes. So there was a takana which the Ramah didn't know about either. So the Beis Yosef already sees Eo Melech Nemon was attacked for not being halakhically correct, uh, even though it was clearly prevalent. And therefore, they came up with this counter-takana of having the shots, only the shots, as the Beit Yosef is going to reiterate, say the words Hashem Elokeichem Emes, which, let's just point out, the end of Kriyashma is Ani Adonai Elokeichem. The next bracha, of course, which is the bracha after Kriyashma, is Emes V'yatsiv. So even though we know Rav Yehuda, the Tana in the Mishnah, in the beginning of the second paragraph, says, don't be like Rav Meir, who will allow a break, you know, because of somebody who maybe comes in and needs Shoal Bnei HaKavod or Meshav Bnei This is called Bein HaProkim. Rav says, no, 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 no. I know logically you would make called Bein HaProkim, but there's something special here. And the, the Amora, the Amoroyim and Brochus say that the reason the Rebuda says this, that these two words have to be connected, meaning the last word of Kriyashma and the next Brocha, is because of this Pasuk in Yirmiyahu that says, 
Hashem Elikim Emes. And right away, Nelson, this was one of the things that was very strange in your mind, right? Oh, actually, very strange, even since my childhood. Believe it, I have, I mean, I've been aware of this since, I mean, I don't know, however however far back my memories go. Kita Aleph Beis, I mean, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. I was a pretty deep little guy. And no, the, the connection to Yermiao, I didn't, I didn't know that, that obviously came later, but I had some, I had some ideas like in, you know, in my mind, okay, what was actually going on was that I was, I was, I was reading, you know, Hashem Lekechem Emes and the Shaliach Tzibur was reading Hashem Lekechem Emes. He wasn't repeating anything, but there was a Tziruf between what the Shaliach Tzibur is saying and what I'm saying, which is Mazakami to Ramach Tevin. You know, that's, that's, that's how I thought it worked. I didn't think that the Shaliach Tzibur had to, had to repeat anything. But aside from that, if you'll permit me to read the Pasuk in Yirmiya, which is in Perik Yud, against the avoiders are and how silly they are, making, you know, manufacturing their own deities and, and, and believing in them. And through all of that, it says, Vadunoi Elohim Emes, Hu Elohim Chaim Umelch Oilam, Mikitzpa Tirash Haoretz, and it was from his rage, the earth trembles, Vlo Yechilu Goyim Zamoi, and the Goyim cannot contain his rage. And then there's a Pusik in this is a Pusik in, in Aramaic actually, Kidna Temrun Lohoim, then you should say this to them Avadu, you worship the gods that did not make heaven and earth. They will be they will be wiped out from under from the earth and from underneath these heavens. So like why the sudden why the sudden switch to Aramaic? Because apparently this is from what Rashis and Mafarshim say that that this must have been some kind of communication to the uh, to the people who left Eretz Israel were going were in Chutzlaretz. You know, they'd been driven out under um, the first wave of exiles from by Nebuchadnezzar. And they were being tempted or they were being taunted by the by the local populations to come worship our deities. After all, our deities must be much stronger than yours. And uh, therefore, Yahu is telling the B'nai Yehuda in Bovel what to tell the non-Jews. Okay, basically tell them in so many words, you're, you know, your deities are worthless. They didn't do anything. All right, and eventually they're going to pass away. So the context of this is kind of within a certain dialogue that's going on between between Yidden and Goyim in Bavel. So when when Yirmiya says, you know, Vashem Alikim Emes, you know, who Alikim Chaim Melech Oilam, so that's that's really focusing on on a part of a message that is ultimately driven to the Goyim. It's it's the Mavatel the Das of the of the of the Umas Oilam at this point. So that's a little Heora that is just interesting to contextualize what's going on. But let's emphasize now, based on your point, that why is that so important that Rabbi Yehuda should really be, really take an illogical stance? I mean, Rav Meir is much more logical. You want to know where the natural breaks in the Shachar's davening before Shemun Esrei are? This is where they are. No, 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 don't break that one up. And now that not only are you supposed to break it, you're supposed to make sure you attach it. You better not talk, but at- attach the at- everybody when they when they when, when they are saying their own personal shema, they should say and make sure you say MS right away without any break, uh, based on that Pasuk in Yermia. Right. And well, you know, the, the, the language over there is Shanemar. Now Shanemar can be maybe a proof text. Like you know, maybe maybe somebody can prove from Hashem Hashem Ms some sort of general idea that you always have to stick Elikus to Ms 
or you have to stick a lacus to MS once a day or twice a day or something like that. So that that would be that would be kind of like a, a proof that you should say Hashem Lekechem MS. But I don't think that that holds water because how can you know how can you prove that? I think I think the idea is is that here you have an opportunity to actually create a posik. You create the posik by being matzmid Hashem Lekechem to MS. And what Shanemar is showing you is that a pasuk like this already exists. Hashem Lekim Emes already exists by, by, by Yirmiyahu, and therefore we have to create another pasuk, which actually doesn't occur anywhere in the, in the, in the Tanakh, Hashem Lekechem, but it's based on it. It's based on Yirmiyahu's, it's based on Yirmiyahu's pasuk, but it's not Yirmiyahu's pasuk, it's a new pasuk. All right, so maybe we're a couple of steps ahead, but it still leaves you with a, with a big kasha. Like, you know, why do we need to come start manufacturing psukim out of uh, out of thin air? Because Yosef says that uh, what he knew about Spain, of course, you know, Cairo himself was not born in Spain, but knew about the Bene Svarad. He was with them in Turkey. He was with them uh, in North Africa. He knew what their minhagim were. And he says that that is their minhag. The Yechazan does say, Hashem Lekechememes. He quotes another Zohar, which was, in last week's parsha, Parshas Vayera, again saying that the important thing is the way you get 248 is only with Hashem Lokeichem Emes, including Baruch Shem, as we mentioned before, but with Hashem Lokeichem Emes, no El Melech Nemon in Parshas Vayera. The Tikkunim mentions El Melech Nemon as the old style. Then he quotes at great length uh, the Medrash uh, Anelam, which we know as the Zohar Chodosh in Rus. The Medrash Anelam is a is a is a subsection of the Zoyer. Zoyer is an amalgam of of, of different kinds of, of layers. There's plenty of Medrash Anelam in Parshas Vayera. That's not the problem. The problem is that you you can look through. I mean, I did a pretty thorough search of Parshas Vayera, and there's no you know there's no mention of Hashem Lekechememes there. The only place that you get a mention of Hashem Lekechememes is actually in another piece of Medrash Anelam that's in that's in Zoyer Chodesh Rus. What he means is a Medrash Anelam connected to. The Zohar Chodosh. And again, the difference in the Zohar Chodosh and the regular Zohar, we'll talk about it at a different time. Very briefly, you know, at the time of the base Yosef, the Zohar was, was still in, in manuscript form. And there was a lot of disagreements between different kinds of manuscripts, mostly in the way that the different Ma'amorim were connected to each other or, or what, what parsha they were, they were filed under. So Zohar Chodesh isn't, any really, isn't really any different than the regular Zohar. It's just, a, it's just a bunch of mamorim that were left out of the first printing that they then put in a second printing and called it, and called it Zohar Chodesh. You know, that's, that's the thing. So the Beis Yosef probably did have it in his Parshas Vayera, but we do not have it in the same location in our, in our printed versions. So that would be the... I've also noticed the Zohar Chodesh is a lot more Hebrew, standard Mishnaic Hebrew, than other parts of the Zohar. That's Medrash Anelam is basically in Hebrew, basically. And and why the Hebrew versus Aramaic is we talk about a different time when we do some more Zohar studies. But anyway, basically what you have here is a number of clearly late Tanoyim and early Amaroyim getting involved in this, because uh, we have, you'll see in a minute, Rechia and others. So you have Rav Yehuda uh, quoting the, the Pasuk in Mishle, Rafaosti Lisharecha, and Shakui Secha, where... And, and the Gemara in, in the Nigla parts of Chazal talk about how healthy the Torah is, how the Torah makes you healthy. The Zohar says that Rabbi is telling you, as we're going to see in a minute, uh, based on Rabbi Nechemia, that it actually makes you healthy, based on what we were saying before, that 
by saying the 248 words of Kriyashma, kol ever ve'ever no tel teva achas umisrapebo. Somehow every limb, organ, whatever that ever means, gets one of those words and it gets healed with it. And gets a refua. If you think about it, it's a bit more extreme than what we have in the Tanhuma. The Tanhuma was saying, if we take care of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, you know, whatever, I don't want to say it, uh, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of our bodies. Right. That's the way the Tanhuma presents it, right? But here it's actually, it's like the body of Kriyashma is entering into your body as you as you recited. And that's why each aver of your body takes a word of Kriyashma and, and, and uses it for healing. Right. So it's a somewhat different orientation. In other words, with Tanhuma, you just get the idea, say Kriyashma, and, and really mean it and feel it. Whereas in the Zohar, you become obsessed, I think, with the the imagery of each word somehow entering into some limb or organ, and that's, you better say them all. Then the Zohar brings in, and of course, this is a character and a type of archetype in the Zohar that happens a lot, the Yanuka. And it's interesting that the Yanuka is, he's tired. The Yanuka is tired from some, who knows where he was walking and traveling. He works hard, the Yanuka. The Yanuka is a donkey driver, like his father. Who was Rav so Hamnuna? He's, he's tired. The great Rav Hamnuna of Zoyar. So yeah, he's he's tired. He's but you know what? When you're tired and you come into a base madrash, you sit in front of a bunch of people talking, and he sat in front of a Rav Yehuda, and he's sitting there, sitting in front of Rav Yehuda, who's saying over this memra, and he says, he gets up and he says, "Wait, what are you talking about? Two forty-eight. There's only two forty-five. So Rav Chia says to him. And here's Rabbi, of course. that's my Relax, take it easy. He says, look, you have a good point, but you're the Yanuka. You're not just some heckler. Did you hear something about this? Because you obviously don't speak up, you know, uh, just all the time. You, you have a reason. Did you hear something about where we get the 248? So he said, I heard from my father. You're telling me it's Rav Hamnuna. Yes, I heard from my father. Kriyashma does have 248. Minus three, but you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go and say three let three words afterwards. And those words need to be, once again, surprise, Hashem Elokechem Emnes. And that is where you get your 248. And it's it should be Allah Kahal. It needs to be the Tzibur doing it. In other words, Basically, the the kahal is hearing it. There's no break. No, don't ev- don't say anything more than that. Rav Yehuda, the son of Rav Pinchas, comes and sits down. And I love this. Hey, what is everybody talking about? <laughs> what are we learning? What are we learning? And they say, oh, we're talking about Kriyashma. And then they tell me, oh, you know what the Inuka just said? And then Rav Yehuda says, yeah. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri said it, and Rabbi Yossi ben Kusoyis, and it comes all the way from Rabbi Akiva himself. That, right, they said Kriyashma, and we know there's the Aser Sadibros of Kriyashma, where you find them, and also the Minyan Evar of Shaladim. It's all part of what Kriyashma is about. Now, the way I understand this, Nate, the Hasidim Arishonim Tiknu Kriyashma Keneged, because we know that the Talmud actually goes through a, a number of suggestions of what Kriyashma should be. 
In other words, Kriyat Shema is, in, in some sense, saying Torah that's crucial to your spiritual life that needs to be done. But it wasn't so clear, as you can see from the Bavli Yerushalmi uh, in, in the Seftas Brachis, what Kriyashma should consist of. Some thought maybe it should be the Sarasa Dibros themselves, but they didn't want to do that. They thought they didn't want to elevate the Sarasa Dibros. In some places, it actually was part of Kriyashma, as we know, and it was canceled because of the Taruma Saminim. There was another suggestion, as you might remember, of Parshas Bila being part of Kriyashma. So I think the way I understand this is the Hasidim Arishonim who formulated and basically chiseled out what would be the final format of what's included in Kriyashma, they made sure that these three parshias have the Aserah Sadibros hinted at, and also they made sure that these three were especially in terms of the number of words. And I, I think I think you could add to that, but that you know, um, there's always the Kriyashma Shel Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, which was basically Parsha Shema, or maybe you know, or, or maybe Bishas Hak, you could get away with, you know, let's say you know, Zman Kriyashma is almost over, so you know, as long as you say Shema and Shema and and Hafta, you know, you've done the mitzvah, the Arisa, and the other things you can you know you can dispense with. So the idea that Kriyashma has to be Shalosh Parshas, and the reason why it has to be Shalosh Parshas is because because it also has to be connected to Seir Sadibris. If you don't do the Shalosh Parshas, you don't have you don't have all the Aserah Sedibris in there, because thematically there's a layering here. So so they're really talking that you have to look at the midst of Kriyashma, not as this, and maybe the other parts are optional or not as so important, that it's, it's Kriyashma, one you know unit of three Parshas, you know, because of the Aserah Sedibris, and also because of the 248 Evarim uh, Again, we, we talked about this off pod earlier this morning about, about Yehuda Nasi and others who clearly were missing this. And I guess, you know, based on what we're saying now, the Chesidim Roshonim didn't make it so ironclad that the mitzvah can't be fulfilled otherwise. But when they, when they, when they wrote up what they want Kriyashma for most people to be, the parshas of the Torah that you need to say with intent, this is what they came up with because it fulfilled these two aspects. Then the, he quotes, continuing quoting the Zohar, uh, or the Zohar Chodosh, or the Medrash he says something which which I found really fascinating, which is that Kriyashma, in a way, based on what we have, is really now a nice double of the Shmon Esrei. The Shmon Esrei, of course, has three brachos beforehand, that's the Shevach, and three brachos achronos as the Hodah, and Kriyashma has three Shemos in the beginning, which is Shema Yisro Hashem Elokeinu Hashem, that you have the three Shemos, and then, based on this new Hashem Elokeichem Emes, you now have three Shemos at the end, because you now have Hashem Elokeichem Emes, said by the Chazan, is sort of your sandwich. There's your three Shemos. And then the, the Zohar goes on, and this is the basis of the, of, of the Shulchan Aruch's Psaq, in Shulchan Aruch, that if you're not with the Tzibur, if you don't have the Tzibur with you, and therefore you're not hearing the chazan saying it, you're missing this uh, hashlama, and the Zohar gives a takana for you, and that is uh, that as you say that la- that next bracha, that ms v'yatsiv, right, so all the vavs there 
you will think about how those vavs are have real extra kavan on those vavs. And by doing that, and there's a machlokas, interesting machlokas here between the Beis Yosef and the Ramah, exactly how thinking about 15 vavs somehow equals, and again, I don't think we need to go into that, that, that little mathematical idea of 15 times 6 is 90, and, and Yudke Vavke is 26, plus each letter itself, so you also get 90, so you get three Shemos. But the point is, is that it's a Bidyevet. You're not going to be able to get that. And here the Zohar, you know, basically adds its stamp of, of approval to don't miss davening. Missing davening b'tzibur is bad, but missing kriyashma b'tzibur is also bad because you're not going to get that type of tikkun. Now, I do believe that the lashon of the Yanuka is that Hayakari all of Abba, my father used to say about such scoundrels that don't, you know, say kriyashma with the minion, you can't get it back. Can't get it back. You might pay the price today because of that, because something might happen to you. Twisted and you can't get straightened out. I have a question here, right? Okay. Assuming assuming that it's actually permissible for Shaliyah Tzibur to say Hashem Lekechem Emes. That it's not some kind of hafsafka between Kriyashma and, and, and MS Vyatsiv. Or, or it's not some sort of, uh, taking Shem Shemaim Levatola because it's not, you know, it's not part of Kriyashma. It's not part of the bracha. What is it? Like the, like the arguments of the Rama on, mm-hmm. on, uh, on Kale Melech Neemon. So if the Shaliyah Tzibur is allowed to do it, why can't I do it? Like, why do I have to dive in with a minion in order to get Hashem Lekechememes? Let me say my own Hashem Lekechememes. Why not? You know, so that that I think that I think is a big question, and it's it's kind of like, you know, nobody even seems to seems to think of asking it. As you can see, as we go on in the Beis Yosef, he says, quotes here his Rebbe, the Maria Vuav. He actually in this piece he quotes two of his Rebbeim, the Maria the Maria Vuav, and of course his very his Rebbe that he was very close to, the Marie Beirav, who gave him smicha. Anyway, when he quotes the Marie Be, the Maria Vuav. He says, as you can, and, and he seems to quote a Gemara in Brochus, which the Beis Yosem is not sure is a solid proof or not, but the Zohar clearly seems to indicate that, as you said from the Anuka, the Maria Vuav says, it doesn't work on your own. And even when you're with the Chazin and Shul, there's no reason to say it. And that's what he says. That is the psak of the Marie Avuhav and his beer that he wrote. I guess there's a beer the Marie Avuhav wrote that's extant on the tour, and I think that is what the Beis Yosef is quoting. Now, the Beis Yosef has, you know, he, he brings questions about this. I think we can skip that part because it's somewhat of a populistic excursion to Beis Yosef, which we encourage all our listeners to check it out because it's. It's a very wonderful pilpalistic answer, you know, worthy of the Taisvis and, and any anyone else. But then he says that he mentions the fact that, well, it seems though, from if you learn the nigla of the Babli, that they didn't say Hashem Lukeikam Emes. And and, and the Pesyosef says if there was a minad that from Rabbi Akiva all the way to say Hashem Lukeikam Emes, then Rabba should Rabbi should have said to him. He should have said, "Hey, hey what's you forgot to say Hashem Lekechem Emes? Not that you were saying Emes twice. He, he should have said, hey, you, you missed the major part.'" 
So the Beis says something interesting here, which I want to read to you. Raba, it should be. Now, this is really weird because... How do you know? Maybe he, maybe he just didn't care about Ramach Isis. You know, right, but, but Ramach I think the Beis Yosef is so sold, Nassim, on this Takana, that it's not just a Hamtzah, Tikinu, that, that's the right. that's the, the Tikune Azor starts with the fact that there was some convocation of Rabbanim who said, this is what we're going to do. And then you have all the way from Rabbi Akiva. So he has to sort of push against the wall. He says, hmm, he says, but Rabba was by, Rabba was still doing the old minak. <laughs> uh, so uh, therefore, if you do the old minak admonim, so uh, you you don't say Hashem Lokechem. You don't say Hashem Lokechem Enes. But we obviously uh, have accepted this minag, even though Rabbah was sort of a maverick in that way. So any inference from Rabbah's complaint, he dismisses. I just find interesting that even from the Beis Yosef's perspective, someone as late as Rabbah or, according to his gear, Sarova, would, would, would say, yeah, I'm still doing El Melech Nemon. I'm not doing uh, Hashem Lokechem Enes. And then the last thing he quotes over here is from the Sefer Hapliya. Now we we do I don't I think this is the first time in our talks here, Nate, of some of my best friends are capitalists. I think the first time I think we've mentioned the Sefer Hapliya, and I think it's one of these svarim that uh, is of of somewhat I guess doubtful uh, pedigree whether it really is from the Kadmonim. I know there's the Sefer Hakana. Which is from Rohini ben Akana, but I, you know, and, and I think I've seen it printed together with the Sefer Hapliya. But this is what it says in the Sefer Hapliya that the Shuyach Tzibur should actually just repeat Ani Hashem Elokecha. Meaning, yes, you need to get those extra three words, but you just repeat Ani Hashem Elokecha. You don't repeat, you don't create a new Pasik. Yeah, well, that, that way, that Rabbah would be yelling at you. You know, for saying Emma's twice, that that would work better with the Gemara, and also it, it makes some sense if it's true, like the Tanhuma and the Zohar and all these Kabbalists are telling us that we need to get all the two hundred forty-eight letters. Going back to your question, instead of creating a new pasuk, why don't we just, like we sometimes do with Kriyas Torah, oh, read that read that pasuk over again. Why don't we just read or say over Aniyashav Okechem? Now we don't want to read a whole pasuk over because that would give us too many. And then who knows? Then we, we right. right that wouldn't fit into our bodies. Uh, but but if we just repeat the last three words, and then he says, and I I'd love someone to do the detective work, a Gershom Shalom or Moshe Idel or some you know, of their students to discover who it was in Mitzrayim that somehow started a community that was doing Ani Hashem Kechem over and over again. And he mentions that the Nagid. Rabbi Yitzchak HaKohen, and my Rebbe, Harav HaGodol, Mareno Rabbi Yaakov Beirav, who I mentioned before, gave him smicha, Yakol Gadol Yadar, and then he said, in Constantinople, the Revelio Mizrahi, I don't remember him ever quoting uh, the Mizrahi other time, other than this place, that and all the Gadol Yadar in Constantinople, the people started doing this, and everyone said, wrong, wrong, don't do it that way. He did some research, Cairo says, and he says, he says, Reisi mi shahoya omer, she kesefer hapliya yeshlino, she bisvara midiyoka me azoar, nimtza kidvarov. 
Once again, there's someone in Mitzrayim, Nate, and there's also some other writer. Again, I, I am sure that we could discover who these people are. There's some Rav in Mitzrayim, a charismatic leader, seemingly. There's also a, a seemingly a posek or a writer, someone who is well-versed in the Kabbalistic texts, who says in the Zohar, it should, shouldn't say Hashem Elkeichem Emes, it should say Ani Hashem Elkeichem. And then he says, no, Zetos Gomer, because he's wrong. Because I found three places in the Zohar, and it's in each place it says Hashem Elokeichem Emes, right? Not like you said. You want to say that you want to use the Sefer Haplia to basically correct all the manuscript Zohars? No, that that's not right. He says V'cheinu b'chol hanuschoyes shera'inu v'sheshamanu. Right? So he really, you know, is is does not want whoever this these startups to get their way. So that is basically, I think, you know, pretty much, uh, I just want to end here, the end my, our quote from Beis Yosef, then we're going to explain it, I think, a little bit in the time that's left. If anybody tries to be a, a plea guy and, and and restore this and say, no, don't say Shemakim, don't say that Pusik, that pseudo Pusik, you're wrong. Vigorimbo, Umavaton is Dvarov, you know, insult the guy, tell him he's wrong. Make a public case against him and go back to the Minigabaseinu, which is based on the Zohar. In other words, whoever established this Minig knew exactly what it was. And even though our communities are far from Israel, far from the places where the Zohar was written, they knew what they were talking about. And they must have discovered, and this is the last thing, Shazehu Emesviatsiv. A little bit of a pun here. Emesviatsiv, which of course is a pun. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a really excruciatingly funny pun, but it's, you know, but it's, yeah. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to just make one observation. First of all, you see from the whole conversation at the end of the, and the force of emotion that the base Joseph has about this, that why would Hashem Lekechem Emes work and Ani Hashem Lekechem not work? Or what's really what's what's the difference? Well, obviously, I think I think the the idea that our mitzvah here is to use the smichus between the bracha of Emes Viatsiv and and the and the end of Kriyashma to to create a pseudo pasuk or a or a, a virtual pasuk or a pasuk that doesn't exist yet, and now we're creating it, and that's dafka the pasuk that the shaliach tibur has to repeat, and only the shaliach tibur should say it. Okay, which is which is only this is this 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 pasuk here is a is a is a is a din in shliach tzibur. So this is a, this is kind of a riddle, like why create this pseudo pasuk, and why should it be the prerogative dafka of the of the shliach tzibur, and why is this pseudo pasuk any better than I wouldn't say pseudo pasuk or this manufactured pasuk? Why would that be any better than than ani Hashem lekechem, which is at least a real piece of the you know it's, it really says that somewhere in the Torah. Another thing about the 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 you know the creation of the pseudo pasuk, the Beis Yosef in his um, diun over here, he really asks a question about how Rabbah was even able to accept the psak of repeating Hashem lekechem emes, because in the Beis Yosef's mind, the way that the Shech Tzibur is supposed to do this, he's supposed to say. Ani Hashem 
Hashem lekechem emes. Now he's literally supposed to repeat Hashem lekechem emes. Does not repeat Hashem lekechem and add emes at the end of it. He's supposed to repeat the three words that he already said once. So he's wondering why wouldn't you know why wouldn't Rabba get upset about repetition of the of the of the, the word emes? And his his answer is basically that since he's not saying emes 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 emes, that's something that Rabba would. You know, like somebody who wanted to, somebody who wanted to to say Hashem lekechem MS in order to create the, the pseudo pasuk, and then say MS because MS is the beginning of the bracha MS viatzim, or if somebody had a pause between between Hashem lekechem MS and and, and MS viatzim, so he would end up saying MS twice. So that is what would that is what would get Rabba upset. But if a person says, you know, Ani Hashem lekechem MS, Hashem lekechem MS. So there's a hefsik there between the two emesses, so so that's not too much emes. The rabbi could deal with it. So what I gather out of this, and I, I guess to some extent I think it's kind of up for grabs, I'll piece but the first thing that you have to do, actually, is you have to create the posik. You have to be mitzarev, Hashem lekechem, to emes v'yatsev, in order to generate the pseudo posik. Once you generate it, then the shaliach tzibur has to repeat what was generated. You can't repeat it if it wasn't said first, if it wasn't said once. So the first time you say it, you're creating the pasuk. The second time you're saying you 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 say it, you're actually doing it. But the first time you say it, you're not really saying the pseudo pasuk entirely. What you're doing is you're still you're still in the gather of connecting Hashem lekechem to MS Vyatsiv. That's what you're doing the first time you say it. It's the second time you say it that you say it als the newly emergent. Pasuk. So according to the Beit Yosef, you need to say that emes twice, which is not what we do. As a matter of fact, what we do is is the is the shaliach says, you know, Hashem lekechem, Hashem lekechem emes. So you're doing the tziruf and the repetition in one motion, which kind of gets me thinking that maybe the reason why that works is because the tzibur has already said Hashem lekechem emes for for the yechidim. And then the Shaliyah Tzibur is repeating the Hashem Lekechem Emes that the Tzibur said. So in that respect, that would take a work. It would be something similar to what the Beis Yosef is thinking, but it would work else the interaction between the Tzibur and the Shaliyah Tzibur, not requiring the Shaliyah Tzibur to say Emes twice. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is that you see that there's actually a, a creative process here, or, or an emergent process, whereby this posek Hashem Lekechem Emes, which is nirmas to some extent in, in, in Yirmiyahu, which is a posek that we have to go to some pains to create, and has to emerge out of, out of, out of the words that we say, and then it has to get said by the Shaliach Tzibur Als, the Toisefes of, of three Tevas. This is a big, I mean, this is a big deal. There's something going on over Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just think that um, just to I'm gonna push back just a, a tiny bit on, on what you're saying, and that is that when the tzibur is saying it, and they're saying it as the end of partial sitzes, right? So even though you're right, the last thing they heard is sort of like the seed of that pseudo or new pusik it doesn't really stand as a separate idea disconnected from the Parsha Sitzis, which is the past, which is, right, I am the one who took you out of Mitzrayim right. in order for it to become your God. I am Hashem, your God. Because it's still connected to Parsha's Kriyashma, it really doesn't become that way 
a twin or a cousin uh, of, of, of the Pusik in Yermio, which is where I know you're after. Right. In the first recitation, Hashem Alekechem is still the end of Parshish Titus, and MS is still the beginning of MS Viatzi. It's in the repetition that the new Pusik actually emerges. That the 245 is without that word MS, right? The 245 is basically Shema Barachem, the Ahafta, Vahoyim Shemoa, and Parshas Tzitz is still the word Eloheichem. That's where you get 245. So the MS that you add, that there shouldn't be a Hefsik, is not 245, right? So even though you've, def- you've basically said 246 words, the last word that you said was the beginning of the next bracha. And, and that wasn't part of Kriyash. Right. And yet, when the, the, when the Chazan repeats, Hashem Lokechem Emes, now that word Emes, as a new Metzius, a new Pusik, that now attaches itself to the Kriyashma you said. But the Emes that you said is really just a way to start the next bracha going. Right. That's quite perfect. So there's there's a there's actually a process of creating this pasuk. It's like it's like it's like baking a cake. You know, first you have to put you know you have to put the ingredients in the in the in, in the bowl, and you know, and then you have to I don't know somebody has to stir them up, and then you get a cake popping out. So the cake, the, you know, the emergence of the cake would be the chazan saying Hashem lekechememes, and Hashem lekechememes that the chazan says is actually part of Kriyashma. It's a new Indian. And which is not the same thing as, as let's say, in the Beis Yosef's conception, the first time the Chazan said Hashem Lekechem Emes before he repeated it, or in, in my in my conception, uh, which I think is what the Minhag actually is in most places to do, is that is that obviously it's the Tzibur saying Hashem Lekechem Emes. By the Sephardim that I daven with, it actually comes out. It actually comes out like that in many ways, you know. To answer your point, the, if the Chazan is indeed saying Hashem Okechem as a private individual, that's different than his repetition. In other words, correct. he's not necessarily being motzi the tzibur with his pronouncements, even though by Sephardim, as we know, the Chazan is saying it very much out loud and everybody is listening. Uh, That isn't necessarily what the Beis Yosef says. The Beis Yosef says Shema Yisrael needs to be Bekol Ra. But the rest of it doesn't, according to the Machaber, it doesn't need to be done the way we see Sephardim do it today, which is when they take the Omud, they pronounce most of Kriya Shemasam. They, they say Belachash, the nasty stuff in, in Bahayim Shemoah. But the point, though, is, and this, I think, neutralizes your idea a little bit, is that, yeah, the Beis Yosef understood that the Chazan as an individual might be saying Hashem Lokei is just like the rest of them. But he also has a job as the Chazan. That's why he's standing up there at the Bima. And therefore, when he says Hashem Lokei he takes the whole Tzibur with him and is able for himself and for everybody else to now attach the, the other three words that now bring you into the Shlemus of Ramach. But okay, but again, I, I think technically we might have lost about 90% of the people that have been listening, but let's now, right, or, or 75%, let's say. So let's now get to the to the heart of the matter. What what you think is really going on here, championing this Hashem Lokechem Emes, and why it's the crown jewel of creation. So I think if you go back contextually to look at Yirmiyahu, so, like I said, there's a there's a, a conversation going on between between Jews and Goyim the over the folly of of Avodah And if the Navi is 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 trying to tell the Goyim, listen, you know, 
Um, Hashem Elikim Emes. I mean, there is a there is a true God. It's not an imaginary God like the ones that, that you guys make up. Hashem Elikim Emes. Hashem Elikim is true. So then, at some point in history, when the Goyim kind of come around and get the message, how would they respond to Bnei Israel? So they're going to say, actually, Hashem Elikechem Emes. Hashem, your God, is true. Those are going to be conceding to the truth of Hashem Elikim Emes that we were telling them. This like you know projects you far ahead into you know towards the Yemaisa Mashiach when you know and then the Goyim are going to be telling us Hashem Lekechem Emes. So it's really kind of like a a a piece of Nevuah, which is very much consistent with the whole theme of Kriyashma, as, as Rashi says, because Rashi is Mufarish in the in the uh, of Shema Yisrael. It says you know Hashem Lekeinu. Currently in history, Hashem is Elikeinu. He, we're the only ones who, who know or acknowledge him. But La'asid Lava, he's going to be Hashem Echod. So you see there's this whole, you know, there's, there's this whole redemptive aspect of Kriyashma, where Kriyashma takes you, takes you into the future towards the time when Hashem will be Melech HaKol Ha'aretz. And similarly, Hashem Lekechem Emes does the same thing. It's the Goyim replying to our claim, Hashem Lekim Emes. So therefore, it really is the fulfillment, the future fulfillment of Kriyashma. And I guess the reason why you have to have the, sh- the Shaliyah Tzibur to say it is because since the Shaliyah Tzibur is on a higher level than the, the community, the community is composed of individuals. You know, individuals have a lifespan, but the, the community itself, Am Yisrael itself, or the Tzibur itself is, is, is eternal. And therefore, it's the Shaliyah Tzibur that can say Hashem Lekechem Emes, not the individual people. I think, Nate, when, when you floated this idea to me a couple of hours ago, um, one of the things I thought immediately was that we know that part of what Kriyashma is, is not just the Yichud Hashem and Kabbalah Samoch Hashemayim, but it's also processing what Geula means. It's processing what is becoming redeemed and restored. And also how, when you process that, that is what you need for the next step of your Tfilos which is tefillah. And we've been giving short shrift to MSV Atzid because we know MSV Atzid is just, it's true, it's, it's a 15 different praises of how wonderful uh, all the ideas of Krishna are, but what it really leads into is a summary of our redemption from Mitzrayim and how our enemies were basically uh, smashed, destroyed, and turned into playthings for God in order to save us. When we are, as you say, emphasizing Hashem Elokeichem Emes, meaning this is actually the non-Jewish world talking to us and recognizing it's true. Part of the way of their admission is also recognizing that they have played a role as our persecutors, as sort of like the crash dummies and the sparring partners for God. They have been the ones that God has taken us out. God, we saw them dying on the on the banks of the Yamsuf. That was all part of the plan of Hashem being Emes. So w- when you have that pronouncement, you don't have the triumphalism of Geula. You basically see that the process of saving us, of, of, of reaching down and connecting to humanity, all of humanity is playing that role. It's true, they played the villain. <laughs> they played the bad guy. 
But that was also necessary because without them playing the bad guy, you don't have the Hizgalus of Yichud Hashem. Uh, if you don't have a bad guy, you don't have uh, the indicators of how great God's involvement in humanity is. So I think that by by this pronouncement, we also truly, yes, we, we aren't just thinking about, oh, I wish we could get the, the present-day Mitzrim and we'll, we'll, we'll smash them and they're going to be all be shattered and destroyed, et cetera, et cetera. But, but I think we, we recognize the role that our persecutors have had. And the fact that they are already saying, in the words of the Shri Yatsibar, Hashem al he's their mouthpiece. And once you see that, they can be satisfied with the role they play. I think it's very similar to actors who can be happy. I, I love playing the heavy, right? I love playing the bad guy, right? If I, if I play the bad guy, I'm actually giving morality to the story. Uh, you know, if, if it would just be Shirley Temple and, and, and Mr. Bojangles and, and John Denver, everybody just smiling with, with, with rosebuds, that wouldn't be a good story, right? You, you need to have Corella DeVille. You need to have the Wicked Witch of the West. You need to have, you know, the, the guy in, in uh, Die Hard. You need to have these, these evil guys, and, and, and they, they are happy about it. Those actors know how they have helped emphasize whatever message these film stories and books have. I think by saying Hashem Lokechem Emes, that's part of it. And I think it actually caused me to go with another little flight of, I hope, create creative energy, which is going back to our the Ramaz point of, well, I'm gritting my teeth over Baruch Shem, and with Baruch Shem, we're not going to let El Melech Nehman in. So it sort of says, well, why did we let Baruch Shem in? Why do we let this Baruch Shem based on this Midrashic version of Yaakov and his sons and that Yaakov wasn't able to reveal? Well, what was Yaakov trying to reveal to them? He was trying to reveal to them the Kates. And the Kates is basically this story. The Kates is the Pasuk in Yirmiyot. The Kates is Hashem Elokeichem Emes. And this, this is what history has been. So that moment where all the questions of Emuna and Auschwitz and all of that somehow becomes resolved. That's what Yaakov wants to tell them. But he's not able to. And the reason he's not able to is because he's not dealing with, in his mind, pristine, perfect Claudius Yisrael. What he is seeing and sensing correctly, that there are Frankists, there are Harvey Weinsteins, there are shyster lawyers. There are crazy people in Beit Shemesh that are beating up little kids. Whatever there is, right? Two steps forward, one step back. You know, that's that's really the nature of the process. What Yaakov is sensing is, is the B'nai Yisrael. You're going to carry this mantle? Because as the Vilna Gon tells us, we've got that Erev Rav within us, right? So that's what Yaakov is sensing here. And therefore, when they say Shema Yisrael, they're saying, look, hey, look we're not denying that our children are going to be this way. We're not going to deny, because whatever the shift they call were, they, they clearly understood that there was going to be members of them that would not be uh, the, 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 the Kiva Kedosha Rishalayim, the people in Meisharim and Gula. We have issues. <laughs> but Shema Yisrael Hashem, Hashem, And we're going to play that role, just like Rav Kuk Satsal said in his Oros, that the, even those that were the most antithetical 
to Jewish ideals. The ones that seem to be our, our sworn enemies will still be somehow motivated while they're playing soccer on Shabbos and while they're going out and, and haranguing against the religious, they will be channeling Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, which is why Yaakov says, this is the secret of the world. Baruch Shem Kabod Malchus The Shechina operates in a way where it don't look like it's really the perfect picture, does it? But Baruch Shem Kabod Malchus it's really getting there. It's getting there. It's moving that in that direction. And I think that's why Baruch Shem is so important. Now, ya- Yaakov is saying, and, and for all of us, I think, who say Kriyashma, in a, in, a, in a world that we think is broken and, and, and coming out of the, the tears of our own lives and frustrations, you know, we can say, like Yaakov did, it's getting there. It's going to get there, and it's going to get there through the kids who are off the derech. It's going to get there through even these these people that are making this terrible chilu Hashems that, that we see. It's going to happen. And part of saying Krishna is the belief that God's system is working, and that we're, we're, we're we are heading inexorably for Yichud Hashem. Let me even say a better date. We're already there because, as you said, we are conflating with God. Hashem and Hashem Echad. When we say Echad and mean it, then all of history collapses. Right? It isn't like, oh well, it's going to be in the future. Right? Okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like Rashi says, it's going to be Hashem Echad. When we say that Echad. We are in that future. We are in that moment, which is a moment beyond time, right? And I think that's part of the reason why Baruch Shem is important as well. I think together, I think we've stitched together a beautiful rationale for both of these hasafas. A job well done. All right. Well, I hope that we, through this discussion, our listeners will enhance. Like I said, it's the very first mitzvah that the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah girl has. Maybe they're not ready for all of this yet but their parents are, and their parents should realize what the importance is, the, the importance of saying every word properly, and how, yes, it is the way to protect yourself. I would propose that understanding these things definitely enhance one's Kiyom HaMitzvah of Kriyashma. All right, my friends, take care. We will hopefully join you next time. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.